week eight. I'm digging deeper, which means we are eight chapters in the Acts, and yeah. we actually still have a podcast that's sticking around, I guess. Yeah, well, there's <laughs> thousands of chapters in the whole Bible, so we're we'll, going to be, we'll be like, yeah, time. we'll be doing this long after podcasts are cool. Yeah, uh, that's that's how churches roll. I guess so. <laughs> when so. society stops doing it, churches do it for another ten years. <laughs> That could be a whole nother direction we take this uh, podcast today, but we're going to stick with Acts, and I get a chance today to be the interviewer versus interviewee, which is nice, because Robert put me on the hot seat last week. He did. He went to the coals last week. (laughs) And if I remember last time you interviewed me, you kind of did the same thing. So It was a polite This can be a seat of revenge, Mm. or uh, I don't know if I would do revenge, but I am going to ask a couple questions that came directly from your message and hopefully you'll be willing to share a little bit on a personal level and then i have a if we get there i have a question um in terms of how to interpret the bible okay so we'll go personal and then bible interpretation at the end sound good let's do it let's all right it. here we go so yesterday if you are watching have not seen the sermon we were in acts chapter 8 looking at the incident between philip and the ethiopian eunuch and you start off your message talking about how Two days before you actually delivered a message, you still don't know what you're going to talk about. Yeah, not a clue. But I remember giving you that passage at least six to eight weeks ago to preach. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's where we're going. Okay. So, no, I, so right. here's my question: um, Are you someone that thrives with a shorter deadline and, and procrastination, or is it one of those things that? I actually, you'd say, I'd actually just want to wait and see where I feel led when the moment gets here versus preparing in advance when you preach. Well, you use the word or, but I don't think those are or. I think those are the same thing. Um, deadlines are both like, I need deadlines in my life, um, but using as much space as I can brings about the best results for me personally. Hmm. So... And that's there's two things related to that. And the first is, and I'll, I'll I can turn this around on you a little bit. Um, <laughs> I don't know where you're going, right? So yeah. if you if you create a series, and this is sometimes we do a series where it's like topical, like here's four ideas that kind of fit together. That's a little easier because I have this very specific topic. But when we're doing acts, it's like or any book of the Bible, you can give me my topic, my my chapter, my section two months from ago. But I don't know what you'll have said yeah. two or three weeks leading up to it. I don't. I didn't. And I was in Mexico last week, so I didn't even get to hear your message last week. So I wasn't even sure what you were going to talk about or what you did talk about uh, until like Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. So it can be hard for me to. Number one, I don't naturally tend to work ahead. It's not the way I, my brain functions. But I also, I loathe with all of my being wasting time. Like it just. Mm. It's part of my wiring. I hate it. And if I do something and I it ends up being wasted, I get like very like, Ugh. so a lot of times if I don't know where I'm going, I just like to sort of just wait and pause and let the dust settle. That's kind of what I did this week. I, I like I, on Tuesday, I was reading it. And I'm like, I don't, I could just sit in my office and like force it. But instead I'm like, let me just see what comes. And um, yeah, that's just more my process. So yeah. everyone's different. But. Yeah. And I guess I, being around you and knowing you for years, it seems like one of the things that I've noticed and appreciated is that generally what can be perhaps interpreted as like procrastination 
I also I I tend to think that you when you have deadlines and you get close to deadlines, you become more productive. Yeah, for sure. And and I think that that's that's okay. I think it's trying to understand how everyone works and and some people like there's a difference between procrastinating and being lazy and there's a difference between no, I, I know when I operate best. And I think there's also something that I really appreciate appreciate about you is your sensitivity to the Holy Spirit to say, man, what what does God have in this particular moment? And I felt like that's what came out yesterday because it, it definitely landed. And um, yeah, I'm just giving you a hard time about waiting. But when, I, when you first started, I was like, where's he going to go? Where's he going with this? And then uh, it was great. It was yeah, great. I literally changed the first three minutes or four minutes of my message when I walked out on the stage, <laughs> I cut the I cut half the first page and just started rambling in the first service. And then second service was already in my head, so I just did it again. It no, I, and I honestly think that the honesty yeah. that you show on the front end was kind of diffusing and disarming and brought people in because it was like, oh, I'm really interested in where he's going to go with this because it seems like it's something fresh. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just I thought that was a great start, but I also had to give you a little hard time because it was like, wait a minute, I. I gave you that passage, so but I totally hear where you're coming from. I I'm yeah. always trying to navigate week to week of what is going to be most effective and what our what God may want to say to our church this particular week. So, and I just to kind of keep going on that, it's almost an interesting topic in itself. the The difference or the relationship between laziness and procrastination and deadlines, I have thought about that a lot in my life. Um, and what's interesting is I, what I've come to is people that know me and that connect with me or work with me don't, I've never been called lazy before. And yeah. I, I don't think I can be a little bit. I'm just like, I'm extremely wired for efficiency. And so my brain just wants everything to be efficient. And like, I want to like make all my time, you know, do things the easiest, fastest way. And so when I see a deadline, my brain says, well, the most efficient thing to do is to figure out how long it'll take me, back it up from that deadline. And that's when I'll start it. Um, Cause I get things done, yeah. but I'm just, <laughs> I'm the guy that opens up the dishwasher and just has this like mini meltdown. I have to rearrange everything to be perfectly efficient. <laughs> uh, I, well, I that's just, because we're married to women from the same family yeah, and their no, dishwasher no. etiquette is sin. Uh, we'll just say that. You on can't the, even on. use the word <laughs> etiquette with it. It's yeah. just the worst though. I will say this and we're, we're, we're going to hit home here. My wife uh, is, is okay. It's not like she's terrible, but there are times that I'll come home and I'll open the dishwasher and I'll look at it and I'll just be like, what just <laughs> happened here? And it, it just happened a few days ago. And I turned to my wife and I said, what are you doing here? And I kid you not. She looks at me, she goes, Oh, my mom was here. And I said, oh, okay. Makes total sense. All right. We, we get it. We get it. So, all right. So before we go too far down a road that's going to end in family problems, because we're talking about our mother-in-law, um, you talked about yesterday, this lonely desert road that, that Philip traveled where he encountered and and the Ethiopian eunuch. But then you also shared kind of the, the lonely desert road that you feel like God has called you on at times. And you specifically mentioned right after undergrad at college, going back to your hometown. Yeah. Uh, I guess my question first off is you you use language like you felt like God told you or called you back to that place. How did you know that? If, especially if you were like graduating college and, and it's a place you didn't want to go, like how did God convince you this is where you need to be? 
Well, I made an offhanded comment in the first service about how it was my angel of the Lord moment. And uh, I thought about getting into that story, but just, I was like, there's no time. I, I need to keep moving. So it was shortly after uh, I got back, the, there was a church that my parents used to go to that had hired a new, a new student pastor. And he knew about me through my sister and knew that I played guitar and was a musician. And so he did this whole like kind of bait and switch thing on me. He was like, Hey, uh, I'm looking for someone to come do a show at our youth group. You want to play the whole time he had it planned out, but I'm like, yeah, sure. So me and some of the guys, we had a band, actually your brother was part of that. I remember that. And uh, we did, we like played some music and then he was like, Hey, why don't you come and and do worship at our camp this summer? I'm like, well, I got nothing else to do. Okay. So we were in, uh, man, where were we? Somewhere in Kentucky at a college campus. I think it was called Murray State. And it was probably the second or third day. And we had uh, we had sound check in the afternoon. And then we were free until after dinner when the service would start. And so I, I did sound check. And I went back to this little dorm room by myself. And I was sitting there and I was reading a book called God Chasers by Tommy Tenney. And it was just really moving and impacting me. And I felt like I was speaking to me and I just had this sense, like I just needed to put the book down and I did. And, and I, I remember in being in this little dorm, I, I sat on the floor against the bed and I just was kind of, there's no music or anything. And I was just quiet. And, and I just like, God, what speak to me? I remember just sort of feeling that sense. And he, he just did. And I don't mean audibly, but internally. And I, it was, I felt like I was hearing him mm-hmm. say it. Um, and it was relation to the book and I don't want to get in the whole book, but this idea of, am I going to seek God for my life and things? And, and I'm like, God, I, I want to seek you. I want to do this thing. And I, I got dreams and plans for my life, you know? And he said, here's my, here's my plan for your life. He's like, I want you to stay uh, here and keep working with this youth ministry. I don't wow. want you to go back to the college town where you were at. He's yeah. like, I want you to stay here. And I remember just being like, yeah, no, <laughs> like, no, I don't want to do that. And uh, I didn't even really want to do youth ministry. I liked college students, younger. I like high schoolers and middle schools scared me. And I remember just sitting there and being so almost distraught about it. And I, I said, well, if that's what you want, okay. And I, after a while, I remember just leaving and went to dinner. And then we went and had like the service. And I got up. I'm, I'm leading worship at it. And, and I remember being kind of distracted about it. The guy gets up and preaches. I don't remember what he preached about. But then he invited us to come back up as a band and do like ministry time. And so I'm up there playing, whatever, and kids are praying for each other. People are ministering. And there's this student, his name was Kyle Rains. He was a freshman. Uh, I had known him maybe a month at this point. And little, little tiny guy, he grew up, but he comes up to me, just super nervous look on his face. And he goes, hey, Pete, can I talk to you? I'm like, yeah, sure. And I put my guitar aside and he goes when you were singing, he's like, this is so weird, but I just felt like God spoke to me. And I was like, great buddy. What did he say? That's so cool. And he goes, he told me to come and tell you that you're supposed to do whatever he told you today. And I was like, get out of my face. I don't like Kyle anymore. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, and he goes, does that mean anything? I'm like, it does Kyle. It does. Thank you. And so I, I left the stage and uh, they were playing and I walked towards the back of the room and my head's just kind of spinning. And the youth pastor's name is Greg. He was standing in the back of the room and he saw him and he walks over and he puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, hey, I know you got plans. We've talked about it. I know you can't wait to get back to the college town and everything you're doing there. But when you were up there, the Lord told me I'm supposed to offer you an internship and you can do whatever you want with it. And I just looked at him like, fine, I'll do it. He goes, no, 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 pray about it. Pray about it. No, no, I'll do it. He's like, oh, okay. 
And so, uh, yeah, wow. I got home that Friday and the next Monday I started working at the church and I was there for four and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Did your heart open up over those four years? Like you kind of said yes begrudgingly, <laughs> obediently, but yeah, like did it, did it change at all in the time or was it just like, yeah, this was actually a really lonely desert time for four years? Um, <laughs> I, I think that, uh, it was, it was pretty, it was, there were, there were good times in it. There were, yeah. there were, and there's always moments. Um, there was, it was rewarding. It was fulfilling. I never questioned whether God wanted me there. I questioned how long he wanted me there. There's a lot of times like, can I leave yet? <laughs> um, there were some times that I would you know, take a weekend off and drive down and hang out with you guys, yeah. you and Matt and others and be like, Oh, it sucks. I don't <laughs> want to go back to, um, there were definitely times I just really wished I had a girlfriend was married. And I don't know, you're, cause you're hanging out with middle schoolers and you're 23. It's like yeah, Saturday not night. Options. You can't marry them. That'd yeah. Be terrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we'd have middle school service on Saturday night. So I would literally be at church yeah. and then it was like, what am I going to go home and watch TV? It was, I don't know. I When it was time to go, when God gave me permission to leave, I was excited to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how was, did how did that happen? Just briefly, like, oh he goodness. gave you permission to go. I think it's important, because I think sometimes we use these types of phrases, like, God told me this, or God said this, like, and it was really helpful to hear the confirmation piece that he gave you to stay. So when yeah. did, how did he release you to say, it's time to go? <laughs> uh... Nothing, nothing bad happened, but, um, my relationship with the senior pastor <clears throat> became strained when I fell in love with his daughter. <laughs> I did not know that's where this was going, but this is yeah. awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. He didn't approve of me as someone that he thought would be a good fit for her. Oh, and that's me saying it kindly, I guess. Yeah, he told her that she had to break up with me, or he was going to stop paying for college, and uh, that was sort of my moment of being like, I think I need to leave. And uh, at that point, I had talked to Greg, my, who's you know one of the most influential people in my life ever, and he was my mentor and my boss. And he just said, you know, I, I understand. And he's like, Will you finish? You know, that was. He's like, just finish out the year. It was probably eight months left, and and then yeah, see what God leads and I'll, you know, like whatever. And so I left, um, I, I felt a freedom to go, but also like, I, I can't stay here anymore huh. and, um, needed to get out. And, uh, <laughs> oh man, this took a weird turn. It did. I'm, I oh, have all other questions, but now I'm like, I have follow-ups. You and... didn't know that? I never told you that. I don't think I knew that. Oh. Um, yeah, it was a it was a it was a difficult season. I and what was hard was um I was somebody who as a young man wanted desperately to have that guy's approval. He hmm. was somebody that I was obsessed with him liking me and before I even felt that way about his daughter. Um so there was a lot of personal rejection, not just in two things happening is why I bring it up. One of them was there was the personal side of it of like like I personally feel like apparently I'm not good enough, but what was really the most difficult thing. And I look back and know that it was God was, I know that one of the primary things he had against me <clears throat> was that he saw at that point, I guess I was probably what 25. 
he saw a 25 year old with no direction in life. Hmm. And he would ask me that like, Pete, where's this headed? What are you doing? You know, you're, you're doing worship for the youth. You're helping me run this college ministry part-time. You're painting houses with your dad. Like, what are you going to do with your life? And what was so hard for me was that I wanted to give him an answer. <laughs> I wanted to look at this guy in the face and be like, here's my 20 year plan of exactly what I'm going to do and why I'm going to be successful. And I, I'll take care of your daughter or whatever, whatever. And all I could say was, I have no idea <laughs> because God told me to be here and he hasn't told me what to do after this. And I felt in my heart, like I felt like I was being punished Wow. Because God had told me to do this yeah. and didn't give me any clarity, and and mm. and even Greg, my mentor, who was so much, you know, he's just really a great friend as well. He was one of the few people that really understood, like, because he knew my story, and he's like, "I know you're trying to be obedient, and like, I know it's you can't give a clear answer, uh, but like." Even then, sometimes he'd be like, "But what do you want to do?" You know, and I, I'm like, "I don't know how to explain to you that I, I." I I don't feel like it's up to me. I feel like it doesn't matter what I think I want to do. Like I know that God is going to direct my paths and he's told me to stay here. And that's all he told me. Um, and he has, and that in, in retrospect, I look back, you know, over the last 15 years and I don't regret any of it. I regret, I guess, taking so much of it personally and spending so much time in my twenties feeling what I felt because hmm. I, wish I could go back and tell him, I wish I could go back like 15 years and say, Pete, the things you're feeling right now are just BS. <laughs> it's not true. It's not real. You're right. God is right. Don't let that stuff get to you. But I was, you know, an emotional 25 year old. Um, so yeah, in retrospect, I, I know that God always guided my steps. He always has, and he will, but it was hard to explain that to other people who, yeah. which is interesting thinking of the passage because I think sometimes when we preach you know we, we try to package it in a way that hopefully is relatable to people hopefully um, is is condensed in time because there's so much you could say and what are you going to say but there's also so much at times personal stuff wrapped into it that people never know and so just even thinking of Philip and the eunuch the way you ended the message kind of was this juxtaposition between two Philip was you in your 20s, God calling you to go somewhere and wondering why. Yeah. But then you talked about likely the eunuch feeling the rejection that he felt from what he had to experience. And so you had the merging of both of these. And so your personal life was really wrapped into that story. And, and I think that's why we try to do this podcast, because I think it's important to see that sometimes when God gives you something two days in advance to talk about, it wasn't it wasn't something that was procrastination. It was something God's actually been working for 20 years and just showed it to you through his word. Yeah. I think that that's, that's true. And that's what happened. And it's why when I actually got up yesterday to talk, I, I was in a different place than I was a few days earlier where it was like, because I don't, I don't just want to get on a stage and talk about stuff. I, I, like if it doesn't mean anything to me, yeah. I don't want to talk so, about yeah. it. Like, okay, here's a passage. Here's, and you could, it's so easy to find religious y things to say about, because it's the Bible. It's like, it's so easy to do that. Like, 
having been doing this now for 20 some years, it's so easy to phone it in and just be like, here's some trite, quick, easy things. I know I can say that people will nod their head and amen to. And like, I, I just hate that. And like, I want it to, I want it to mean something to me because if it doesn't mean anything to me, why should it mean anything to people listening? Else. Yep. So yep. And that was why it was really hard for me. Cause I'm like, I need this to mean, and yeah, I, I guess in finding something that meant, a lot to me it changed the message a lot yeah. um and it brought up a lot it was it was a weird week it was a weird week i well, I, I saw you after service and sometimes i know preaching two services can make you tired but i and you you kind of had that like i'm i'm spent yeah and i wonder if a part of it's just like i felt like two weeks ago when i preached it was one of those like there was a lot of emotion that came out of me because it was so tied personally to me that when you preach something that has a part of your life really attached to it it kind of is a release and a drain and like a, Oh my gosh. Like I didn't just, I didn't just preach a message. I just gave you a part of my life. Yeah. And I, one thing I've tried to figure this out about myself, just, you know, we're all on journeys of figuring out who we are as people. I'm not a person who's um, like afraid to be honest. I'm not someone that can't just tell you exactly. Like I don't, but I'm also, I'm a weird mix of I'm transparent as a person, but I'm also extremely private as a person. Um, I don't like attention. Um, I don't like people feeling touching you. I don't don't like people feeling sorry for me. Um, I don't like people being like, Oh, like I'm like, I'm just trying to communicate something that hopefully can help you. I don't want you to look at me. And there was a moment in the second service where I was still like, I was like, and this never happens to me. I almost started like crying in the middle of my message. And I was like, I like, which is just like, I was like, this is, this is messing me up because I, I don't want to be the show. I don't want to be the thing that people are looking at. And so it wasn't like, I'm afraid to people see me cry. I'm just more like, this is not, it's not about me, but yeah, it was like the last couple of days before that, I just brought up all this stuff in my heart that I've, Kind of haven't talked about or thought about in a while, and mm. uh, and it was good. It wasn't a bad thing. It was like yeah. I think just I had a really cool moment with the Lord on Thursday afternoon, and um, I'm glad I I'm, I it brought me closer to Him. So no regrets. I, I it's just it, but yeah, it was heavy. <laughs> wow. No. Sorry. Well, I no, I had when we when we do these episodes, the person getting interviewed does not know the questions, and the person doing the interview. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I have, you can see my little thing here. I have all these questions that are not getting asked and uh, that's okay because we're out of time. But I feel like this is important to to kind of pull the curtain back. That's what we talk about, to, to see mm. what's behind the message. And I think anyone that listened to it yesterday or is going to listen to it in the coming days or weeks, um, it's going to resonate mm. because we all have some of those moments of desert, lone, those desert lonely roads and you know, I, I have lots of questions that would involve like suffering and, and why God allows suffering, but maybe that's a, another episode and uh, even some other things. But I think today, I appreciate you just sharing your heart and and I guess to hear, if you're listening, just to know that like, I, I can't speak for all preachers, but I know here at Rise City, um, I feel like we try to do our best and I really appreciate yesterday you doing that, like to to not preach something at people but to preach something with the people in mind because we're journeying mm-hmm. with them together. And I felt like you took us on a journey that you've been on 
and may all of us still have to go on yet. There could be some more desert, lonely roads <laughs> that are in front of us. Yeah. Um, but I think what God spoke through you is going to help uh, equip us to see that there's 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 hope uh, wherever that leads. So oh, thanks. appreciate yeah. that. So, so I could do it. Yeah. It's got heavy. Woo. It got heavy the last like couple of weeks, man. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah. We'll end there. Yeah. But uh, if you have questions for Pete, uh, in particular about the message, make sure maybe to post them in the comments if you are watching this online um, or just reach out to us. But, uh, man, it's an honor to be able to, to get in God's Word with everyone and um, journey with everybody. So yeah. thanks for hanging out with us today again, and we'll be back next week as I preach on Acts chapter 9. Saul to Paul and uh, I think Ben. I think Ben's He's on next week. Yeah, yeah. it's gonna be good. So I'll see you next week. All right, guys, see ya.